Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. Got Mike Duffy on the line. Mike, how are you? Mike, I am doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. I am thrilled that you're on the show today, and we're going to talk about happiness. And as we talked about briefly during the pre-show, I think this time of the world, the pandemic, everything that everyone has gone through, happiness is definitely something that I want more people to have. So let's share a little bit about you and then we'll, we'll dive into the happiness formula and all kinds of other good stuff. Sure. So I'm the author of five books on happiness. Um, I am the founder of the Happiness Hall of Fame, which includes Muhammad Ali, the Golden State Warriors, San Francisco Giants, Dolly Parton, uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the Wounded Warrior Project, hundreds of people and organizations that make other people happy. Well, the names you mentioned, when you mentioned, you know, the greatest of all time, um, Dolly Parton, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, 49ers, you know, especially, you know, during the Bill Walsh era and, you know, when they well, were not, not the 49ers yet, but the okay. Golden State Warriors. Oh, excuse me. The Giants. Well, yeah. Thank Giants. you. Giants. Yeah. Okay. Well, case in point, the Giants as well. I actually watched a, a Giants game uh, the other day. Um, I've got an MLB subscription, so I watch different teams. You know, I split time between Toronto and San Diego, uh, but I, I like watching the Giants. Uh, their fans are, and that park is absolutely amazing. Yeah. But every one of those names you mentioned, when I, I take that name and I put it next to happiness, it fits. It fits so well. So how did you go about, you know, reaching out to those organizations or did they come to you or vice versa? Well, it, you know, sometimes they come to me uh, or I'll reach out to them. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been a, a marvelous journey, you know, and, and as I evolve as a person, the hall evolves, you know, for example, uh, I've gotten into golf over COVID. I just joined a country club. Um, and, you know, so I never had any golfers in the hall. And I reached out to Hale Irwin, who, you know, yesterday was the U.S. Open. Well, Hale has won three U.S. Opens, uh, you know, multiple Ryder Cups. And he's the oldest person to win a U.S. Open at 45. And I have these marvelous conversations with these amazing people. And, you know, I'm often asked, well, what did you learn from, you know, spending time or meeting these amazing people? And what I have learned is these people are just like you and I, except they committed themselves to excellence. They align themselves with the purpose of their life. And by doing that, magic and happiness shows up. So let me tell you a great story about Hale Irwin. Since yesterday, John Rahm, the U.S. Open, he won it. Um, I said to him, golf is such a unique individual sport. And you have all of this pressure on you. The whole world watches golf. How do you keep all of your emotions down and perform at such a high level? He said, Mike, in 1972, on the 17th hole of the U.S. Open, I realized that I had the opportunity to win. 
all of my dreams, my hopes, everything that I had wished for was now within my grasp. And all of a sudden, I had a panic attack. He goes, my chest was beating, my heart was beating outside of my chest. And I looked to the sidelines to see where I can lay down because I couldn't stand up anymore. And I said, oh my gosh, in front of all of these cameras, I'm going to be the first person to have a heart attack at the U.S. Open. And a voice came into my head, and it was the voice of my dad. And he said, son, I told you, anything that you start, you must finish. And I said, okay, dad. And I just finished it and I won and I went on to win three other U.S. Opens and I had a storied career. He goes, I'm in my 70s. I still play golf on the Legends Tour. So, you know, we can do whatever it is that we want. There are no, you know, it doesn't matter if you didn't go to the right school. It doesn't matter if you didn't come from the right family. None of all of these things matters. In, in, in fact, Larry Ellison, the founder of Oracle, he's a billionaire, said that he had the prerequisite disadvantages to become successful. Larry Ellison's aunt raised him, told him that she was his mom, and his real mom lived at the end of the block that he thought was his aunt until he was 22. I mean, you name throughout history people who have succeeded in spite of their disadvantages. So that's my message, that wherever you are in your life's journey, however COVID has set you back, this is not the end. This setback is just a setup for your comeback. I love that. And, you know, everybody I think about that is successful in life, whatever their definition of success is and mine, you know, time and time again, you know, there's a story uh, where they overcame something that was pretty significant uh, that could have easily turn the direction of their life in a completely different way. We would not know who they are Mm -hmm. um, because they wouldn't be well-known because of the success that they've had in whatever entity that they happen to be in. Uh, But again and again, it's perseverance. It's Mm -hmm. dedication to being the best that you can be at whatever you do. Mm -hmm. And and when you do that, and it's not a burden, it's not a chore. Uh, at least it isn't for me. And in the work that I've done and the things that I've excelled at in life, none of them were a burden or a chore because I was in alignment with what I was doing. I felt that it was right. I was getting fulfilled by doing or being uh, whatever that role was or that experience or that hobby or initiative. You know, I poured myself into it and was fully present doing it. And Believe me, it's like when you when you taste this success, and you're and you're in the moment the entire time. When you get to that top of that hill, you're actually energized to celebrate and and enjoy and be completely fulfilled and happy about what you've accomplished. I see too often with entrepreneurs that end up being successful, but they get to that finish line of their definition of success, and they're so tired and wiped out they don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And it's such a you know, horrible thing to see when people should be, you would think, you're really having the time of their life. And unfortunately, many of them, unfortunately, aren't. Well, you mentioned the word alignment. And Dr. Wayne Dyer, who's in the hall, 
He's the only person in the hall posthumously. There's no point of having a happiness hall of fame and, you know, me putting in Martha Washington. What's the point? I want to recognize these people while they're alive. And I was supposed to meet Wayne in Arizona the week after he died in order to induct him personally. But Wayne said, when you stay on purpose and refuse to be discouraged by fear, you align with the infinite self in which all possibilities exist. Now, what does all possibilities exist leave out? Nothing, right? So my happiness formula is purpose plus progress equals happiness. There's two kinds of happiness. There's eudaimonic happiness, which is the kind of happiness you get when you are making other people happy, and that one is sustainable. And then there's hedonic happiness, which most people confuse with the right happiness. Hedonic happiness is when you party and when you spend a lot of money on clothes or shopping or vacations or whatever, that's unsustainable happiness, right? So you have to, and I would encourage everybody that can hear the sound of my voice right now, take out your phone or take out a piece of paper and write down the purposes of your life. And then beside it, write down the steps that you can make progress in those purposes. And that will equal happiness. So I have a homeless outreach. And almost every day of the week I go out and I see my friends on the street. And I encourage them. I always remember their names because I have all of their names written down and their situations and their circumstances. And that brings me great joy. And all of us have inside of our heart something that God put in there. It's a purpose. And it's unique to yourself. And whatever that purpose is, fulfill it. Because time is running out. We don't have forever, right? So if you really want to be happy, maybe it's volunteering at a pet shelter. Maybe it's opening up your own pet shelter, right? Whatever that is, and, you, and by the way, you have to ignore the haters. Because just because you have a dream doesn't mean that your wife has, shares the same dream or your kids or the people you're in business with. But you just have to ignore the haters. That's what Brene Brown said. Live in the arena, right? Ignore the people in the stands raining down booze on you. To heck with those people. But Mike, I love your show and I love that the message that you're conveying. Well, thank you for that. And yeah, I love Brene's comment about that because you think of professional sports for sure. You know, they... You know, in, in everyday life, if you, know, you walked into your office and all of a sudden your team starts booing you and, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, mentioning swear, you know, swearing and all kinds of stuff and, you know, saying bad things about your parents and you know, all these things, I, I think, you know, we would not take it very well. Uh, yeah. but, but, you know, the professional athletes, they hear it all the time, every game, whether it's 80 games, 82 games, 162 games, you know, however long it is. Um, but, you know, they're able to focus on their craft and, and, and win and be successful. And even when you see a team, you know, win or lose games or championships and things like that, we often forget, you know, what a small percentage of the population 
ends up being able to attend or play in, in those professional sports. And I'll, and I'll share a real quick story about the Giants. Um, this was in 2012. They won the World Series. They beat the Detroit Tigers. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a season ticket holder for the Tigers for several years. I wasn't that season, but I was able to get tickets uh, to a couple games during the World Series. I was at the game when the Giants won. Um, now, of course, I grew up in Detroit. Tiger fan for a long time. Um, while I was disappointed that the Tigers didn't win, I was beyond ecstatic that I was able to see the Giants win the World Series, see it on the field, watch the team celebrate, because I knew in the history of Major League Baseball and the number of years that it's existed in the World Series and all of that, there's a finite number of people that has been able to witness a team win the World Series in person. Yes. I did. Mm-hmm. And you know, and even my, my brother and I went to the game and we were both, you know, we went closer to the field to get a little bit closer because most of the Tigers fans, of course, left because they were, you know, disappointed that their team lost. But, you know, we were able to get, you know, fairly close to the, to the field and just, you know, watching that event and seeing all the effort, the time from spring training, the long haul, the games, travels, all those things to see champions you know, that's one of those moments that I will never forget. And I cherish it because, again, I know that I'm one of the very select few that actually got to see that in person. And I'll never, ever forget that moment. Of course, I would love to see the Tigers win it, but I was thrilled to be part of that. And it just, you know, even thinking about it right now, you know, I, I still have the visuals and, and, and everything about it. And, you know, really, really appreciate seeing something like that and how happy they were. And I was happy. It was weird. It was a surreal feeling in a way. I was like, I was, you know, disappointed that my team lost, but I was so happy to be able to be there and experience that experience. At, it was, it was, again, just thinking about it, I'm getting a little you know, some chills about it because it was like, it was a rainy, crappy day in Detroit too. So it's it just too bad that game wasn't in, in, you know, Oracle Park or whatever they're calling that park now, because um, it would have been, you know, a much better weather, I think. But again, happiness is one of those things that I love your formula on that. I'm, I'm going to be doing it, you know, after this interview, because just as a reminder, because I think it's something that... It's not a set it and forget it type of exercise. Yeah. It's a it's an ongoing thing, just like everybody. Because the version of me ten years ago is mm-hmm. dramatically different than who I am today. Ten years from now, I anticipate that I will be different. There will be different things in my life and different experiences and different things that I'm doing uh, that will bring me fulfillment and joy and happiness and. That's why this this exercise is so amazing because again it, it's something that you can review. Now, how often do you recommend people you know review it and go through it? Well, well, I tell people on an annual basis. I, you know, I'm a big fan of the Notes app. I, I don't know if the Notes app is on Android devices, but I know it's on Apple devices. And you know, my whole life is in there. Every year, I write down my goals for the coming year. Right. And and I can look, I can tell you this, that at first it can be daunting to write down your goals. And I don't want people to write down their scary cat goals. I want people to write down outrageous, obnoxious goals. And I remember doing that, oh, about 
10 years ago, in my driveway of my starter home in California, and wanting to have my dream home in a different town that I'd always dreamed about. And I'm like, do I even write this down? I'm like, I don't want to be disappointed next year when I go to review it. And I go, well, the only way that it's going to come true is if I put it in writing. You see, Benjamin Franklin said that 1% of people of the population are successful because 1% of the people write down their goals, right? So every year at the very minimum, you should be writing down your goals. And, you know, you can revisit that P plus P equals H at the same time. Mike, I want to take a second to really magnify how mature your perception of being at a World Series game where your team that lost, but yet you could still get joy out of it. So by changing your perspective and to really say, okay, my dream is to watch my, because I'm a Jets fan. If you were to cut me open, I'm 99% scar tissue. Okay. And one day I will watch the Jets go to the Super Bowl and I will be there. Okay. And I've already prepared myself for it. I've already prepared myself in that if I go there and they lose, which they probably will. And now I'm an optimist, but I'm also a realist when it comes to the Jets, that I will be happy that at least my goal that I promised myself all of these years, that no matter what's going on in my life, I'll be there. I will still be happy because I was able to get there. Now, the Giants are an amazing organization. The re one of the reasons why I started the Happiness Hall of Fame is because I knew that I could leverage my relationships with these amazing people and organizations to do good. So every year at Stanford University, we have a big celebration. People that are inducted into the hall come out. The Giants came. They brought their three World Series trophies with them. And they talked about what they do off the field in order to make other people happy. In my homeless outreach, I had been visiting with a huge San Francisco Giants fan. His name is Zach. Zach was born without the ability to walk or stand up straight, without dragging himself by the knuckles to get motion. And I said to Zach, I said, Zach, what are the desires of your heart? There I am on University Avenue. He's outside of a Walgreens, where he usually was. And he said, my dream is to meet the players of the San Francisco Giants. I said, you know what? Let me work on that, and I'll get back to you. So I called up the front office, and they're like, Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. I need your help. I need to make somebody's dream come true. And I told him about the situation. And they said, Mike, not only will we make his dream come true, but you can take Zach before the game starts to our hated rivals, the LA Dodgers, in batting practice before the game, stayed for the game. And, you know, I, I went back, I said, Zach, we're going. I picked him up, I put him in my car, brought him up there to batting practice. He got to meet all of his heroes. And let me tell you something. St. Augustine said that it's in giving that we receive. I know that Zach was happy. He told me it was the best day of his life. But I have to tell you that it was one of the best days of my life. And that's where people have to refocus their happiness towards, not inwards, but outwards. When you truly make yourself a vessel of goodness, 
of kindness, of inclusivity, of, of being the friend to the friendless. That's when happiness comes rushing in. You cannot fulfill, you know, all of these things. I want to drive a Jaguar. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to have a yacht. It will never make me happy. But when you reach out with love, you know, my father wrote uh, poetry for 50 years. He had a sixth grade education. But in all of his poetry, my favorite line is, love is the center point of living. So focus on the love. Get as many love relationships as you can. And just because you're at an advanced age, you're out of school, doesn't mean you can't get more friends. Doesn't mean that you can't keep adding to all the love that you have. Love is not finite. Yes, and love conquers all. And it's one of those things that, especially during this last you know, bit with the pandemic and the separation, quite frankly, of, of people. We are physical beings. Uh, we need to be physically in contact with, with others. And I love Zoom. I love the technology. Uh, but, you know, I had you know, my, my better half and I um, had breakfast the other morning uh, at an outside patio at a restaurant. We actually went to a restaurant and not order it through a food app and had it delivered. We actually interacted and, and spoke with the waitress that has served us for years. So we have not seen in months. And we asked how she was doing and not in the, hey, how are you kind of thing. But no, it was, how are you doing? You know, you know what? What have you been doing? How have you been able to navigate through through all of this? And she was in good spirits, which, you know, of course, made us feel good because you know there's people that you know we we are always concerned about and want to make sure that you know, we can help in in any way that we can. And I completely agree, you know, Saint Augustine and 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 that story that you shared. And I'm again speaks volumes about the Giants organization. I mean, I mean it's again, it, 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 maybe one day I'll be a Giants fan. I mean, like literally, <laughs> um, I don't hate them. I, by no means do I hate them. I mean, again, I watched, you know, the game the other day and, you know, Will Clark was in the, in the studio or in the, the booth with, with, with John and, and, you know, telling stories about, you know, the Giants, you know, back in Barry Bonds day in 89 and, you know, when they faced the ace and, and I'm all these things and I'm like, it's like, maybe I am a Giants fan. This is kind of weird. I'm like, I, I, cause I, I'm like, yeah, I know that, you know, yeah, I said that Will Clark, you know, I know that, you know, Barry, I'm like, I, and of course, you know, like what Vin Scully says, the greatest player he's ever seen in his life, um, you know, Willie Mays, you know, and he just had a birthday the other day. So I'm like, okay, why do I know so much about the Giants? It's like, I grew up in Detroit, you know, it's like, you know, then I, I was happy when we got WGN so I could watch the Cub games, you know, it's like, okay, what's, what's all this about? But um, long story short, when you find organizations or individuals that are, you know, just exude happiness and all that's there it it seems like it just makes your happiness even more it just you know it just boundless it just adds even more to it where you you just you feel so energized that you're like wow i i feel absolutely amazing and you know you're fortunate that you you know you 
set this up and and all the people you need know, the Hale Irwin stories you know I know a bit about Hale you know I you know follow golf a little bit don't play it probably should but I don't um one day maybe uh that'll be one of those you know you pick it up later on in life and go wow I wish I would have picked this up when I was younger you know this is this is actually fun you get outside and you get to walk around yeah. well, it's a nice thing but at the end of the day when you bring all these types of individuals and organizations and people together in, in this, this hall of fame, it inspires. At least it does with me. It inspires like, okay, let's, let's take a review. Let's see what I'm doing. Live with purpose, really focus on, you know, excellence and being really excellent at what I do. And you're getting really narrow focused on that uh, with the intent to serve and help and give and because when you give you definitely receive and I, I learned that lesson at a very early age and uh it's foundation of you know my parents and you know what they instilled in me and you know i carry it through and you know i, I see it in my kids and and the things that they do you know in, in, in their own special way and it's 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 pretty neat because they just do it on their own you know it's not like a case you should do this no they just they surprise me and they do it on their own and it's it's such a beautiful thing to witness yeah, you know, um, what, what this has taught me is to be as inclusive as possible. Like, again, there's over 200 people in organizations that are in the hall. So when COVID hit, even though I've written five books on happiness, you know, that doesn't mean that I go around happy 24 hours a day, but I'm able to give the author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, which, by the way, if you add all of those books together as a series, has sold second most books after the Bible. So I call up Mark Victor Hansen, who had come out to Stanford, and, and we've kept in touch. He's a great guy. We were supposed to go to Jazz Fest together. They didn't work out. But I'm like, Mark, what are you doing? You know, like, how, what tips and tricks do you have to get through COVID? You know, and he was doing great, of course, as I always knew. But again, if, if, if you can take anything out of this interview, it's to start today and to increase the number of love relationships that you have, to increase the number of friends that you have, because friends are life's goals. You know, my TED Talk is the critical importance of friends on your happiness. I've been told it's one of the funniest TED Talks that are out there. It's only nine minutes. I would encourage everybody to watch that uh, and, and, and be blessed by it because, you know, at the end of the day, you want to watch something that's funny and informative and it delivers on both of those fronts. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes for your TED Talk to make it really easy for people to find it in case they don't know how to use that uh, particular search engine that's based out of California. It rhymes with Google, I think. Uh, so, <laughs> Mike, I've loved this conversation. Thank you so much for your time today. Where can people find out more about you and all of this wonderful work that you get to do? Well, you can go to MikeDuffySpeaks.com. I'm a professional speaker. I speak all around the world. You can go to happinesshalloffame.com and watch wonderful videos of people who've been inducted. And you can go to happinesswealthmanagement.com. I am a wealth manager. I've worked with some of the wealthiest people in the world for the last 30 years. So if you have any questions on how to grow your wealth, I'm the guy for you.
That's awesome. And I'll definitely have all that in the show notes. So Mike, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate the work you do and, and all the stories we shared, especially about the giants. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to have to go do some uh, soul searching uh, <laughs> and, and maybe I'm going to have to, you know, retire my, my Padres hat. I <laughs> uh, doubt it, but uh, um, yeah, it, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm thrilled that the giants are good this year. Cause everybody's like, Oh, the Padres did all this stuff and the Dodgers while well, they won the world series last year. And nobody, nobody said boo about the, the giants and all of a sudden giants go, Oh, here, I remember us. Boom. And it's like, oh, I'm going to love this summer. It's going to be fun. So <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Great show. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.